Tandem Nomads, episode 190. You can show up with your gifts. You, as a business person, you can lead with your vision. You can lead with your values. And you can decide to be the change you want to see. Hello, Nomad Nation. Welcome to Tandem Nomads, the podcast show and entrepreneurship platform where you can find great inspiration and tips to grow a successful portable business and thrive in your global nomadic life. This is your host, Enel Deregi. I'm a business and marketing coach and the founder of Tandem Nomads. There is one big topic that I'm highly passionate about, and I know you must be too, which is having a strong sense of purpose through your business and living your purpose through business, through your business. And there's one particular topic that nowadays needs to be discussed, even as small entrepreneurs, is how to put into your business a strong implementation of values around inclusion and diversity. You might ask me, Big companies have been trying to do this for many years and they're still struggling. So how are we going to do this as a small business owner? To discuss this topic, I'm excited to have Ebere Akadidi. Ebere, are you ready for this ride? I am ready. Thank you for having me, Amel. It's a, such a pleasure. So let me introduce you to Matt Nation to who's Eberi. This is not Eberi's first time on this show. She has been sharing her journey, building her first business. She's a serial entrepreneur. She's an established leader and an advocate for women's leadership, diversity, and inclusion. She's the founder and CEO of Rise and Lead Women, a platform dedicated to helping organizations drive the change towards building inclusive culture that attract, retain, and advance women into leadership. She mentors women entrepreneurs on how to build sustainable businesses with social impact objectives. She also serves as a board member for BIEL, which is Beauty in Every Life. It's, it is a foundation that she supports. And it is, she is also the founder of Atara Food and Spices, a West African food brand that is rapidly growing and expanding global demand. She shared her journey creating Atara Food on a previous episode. So make sure to check the link in the show notes episode if you want to know more about her, this journey. Eberi. This is a short overview of who you are. You've had a phenomenal journey. I'm so glad, grateful that you come back a second time on the show to share your journey. So much has happened between the first time you came on the show, early journey of Tandem Nomads, and today. So I would love it if before we start, you can give us a snapshot of uh, what's happening in your world right now. Once again, thank you, Emil. Uh, a lot has been happening since the last time I was on your podcast. Um, I started uh, Rise and Lead Women, a platform to inspire women to rise and lead in their career and businesses. And then uh, when we started three years ago, it was a summit, like a conference to bring leaders, established leaders together to share ideas, to share uh, our tips and insights, and most importantly, their stories of how they've risen to positions of leadership. And so what one of the things I was doing is to kind of inspire women to tell them that we can close the gender leadership gap by first of all, showing up with our gifts, and recognizing the gifts that we have, the impact that we can make, 
and also by showing women that becoming a leader has nothing to do with your title or your position, but it's about using your position to drive social changes. Mm. And so at Rise and Lead Women now is expanding to include inclusion and diversity initiatives. And of course, our, we've had three summits and the next one is coming up uh, next month in September. It's September. Uh, so that's what I've been that's what I've been up to. <laughs> yes. Wow. What an amazing journey, really. Thank and you. I think the big common thing between our discussion, the last episode where you shared how you created your not your first company, because you had other businesses before Ataro, but how you created this global company and how you turned your restaurant business into a portable business with Ataro. Um and today with Lead and Rise, you both ha- you have you still have all these businesses going on. The big thread that I see is your huge sense of purpose and how you integrate it in the business and the business model. And this is why I found it really interesting to have you on the show to let us know a little bit about your experience of how can we do that? How it's one thing as an entrepreneur to have a vision, to have a purpose. It's another thing to actually implement it as part of, um, of a business model somehow. But before we start discussing that, I would like to go a little bit into the basics. What do you uh, include in social justice? What, and what, it, what does it mean for you? You know, uh, Amel, I think it was four years ago that I looked at the way I do my business I started asking, what is the big purpose of Ataru in the Netherlands? And I came to the conclusion that Ataru has a change-making vision because we see a world where there is no racial inequality. And we want to use Ataru as a platform to showcase the beauty, the culture, the people, the food of West Africa. And I was bold enough to put this on our website. If you go to atarofoods.com, you will see our culture-making vision is that we want to see a world free of racial inequality and that we're using our products to do this. So for me, as business people, we need to first articulate that what our big purpose is. And we should never be afraid to to announce it, to get visible with that purpose and to articulate our values, what we do, what we believe. So when we understand this and we declare it, I believe that it attracts the right customers to you. And therefore we don't have to struggle, you know, on the online marketing to perform a character of who we are not because we are leading with our vision. We are leading with our beliefs. And we're leading with our purpose. So that's what I've been doing. And that's again, amazing. if you want, I mean, I can give an, another example with Rise mm-hmm. and Lead Women as well. Um, so with Rise and Lead Women, we felt that somehow I felt that I want to see a, a world where women have the same opportunities as their male counterparts. So this is my vision. For, for, for the world, right? So how do I translate it into my business? That's what I did with Rise and Lead Women. 
Yes, it's amazing. Everything you do is around that. And I think we have a lot to learn from you here. Um, do you see, I'm just going to go straight into this question. Do you see a correlation between purpose, inclusion, and success and profitability of a business? Yes, I do. I see that if you have a purpose, if you have a vision of a better world, and if you can articulate it and communicate it in a way that the people you've been called to serve can understand it, they can hear your voice, they will be drawn to you because you are the person they've been looking for all of these years. And this separates you from all the noise in the marketplace. So I have done this with all my businesses, even going back to my restaurant business back in Nigeria. We started with 200 people coming to our restaurant and within a few, three months, we had 500 people coming every day. What differentiated us in the market was our purpose. We told our customers that we are here to make sure that they get quality food consistently with the best customer service because it was lacking. You know, I went around and I saw that it was missing and I wanted to fill that gap. So for every business woman or man, everybody who wants to be successful in the marketplace, you must tie it to your vision of something better. Number one, you must have a purpose so that you're driven, you know, by your passion to make a change. And then you have to communicate it. That's the thing, because sometimes we want to serve everybody. We want to be on every platform trying to talk like every other person. But if we can articulate our purpose and communicate it in a way that the people we've been called to serve can hear us, can hear our voices, they will come to us. And what does that mean? It means that you don't have to struggle you know, with competition because people will find you. They will look for you. This is so powerful. Yeah. This is so important. And Nomad Nation, I hope you're listening to this part because in mostly, probably every episode, we talk about the importance of finding your niche, but also your niche is as well your voice. If you're unique, if you are holding into your values as a strong part of your brand and who you are as a business, that is what would differentiate you, but also draw people to you yes. because they share the same values as you. And then you would attract your tribe. Exactly. That's yeah. it. <laughs> so <laughs> that's good. We agree on that one. You got it right. Yes. <laughs> so you talked about, I asked you a very direct question. Is there a difference? Is it, is it profitable basically to have a purpose and, a, and, a, and include social inclusion? into the foundations of a business and you said yes and you gave us some examples so if it's yes why is it still so challenging even for the bigger companies to actually implement this concept into their businesses especially with inclusion uh, of women uh, people from different races etc it's um you know I may not know why every company, they are finding it difficult. But one thing I know about big organizations is changes take 
they take a long time to implement changes because it's a big organization. And one thing I also know, especially some of our corporate partners, is that they are interested in inclusion. They are interested in purpose. And some of them are taking major steps they are, you know, to bring inclusion into their business. I mean, take, for example, during the uh, Black Lives Matter movements, some corporate organizations stood and said, we do not encourage racism. And some of them, while they use it for marketing strategies, some really started implementing, making changes. And I'm sure they're still working on it. Uh, it doesn't happen automatically with big companies, but with smaller organizations, with small business owners, it's very easy to implement those changes. Mm. Yeah. So that's interesting what you say, because that was the next question I was going to ask you is if big companies cannot do it, how can smaller do can? And you're saying it's actually because we're a small company that we have a more flexibility to implement um, yeah. like more inclusion and purpose into the business model. So yes. I would still, I would mm. still, I think I agree with you hundred percent on that one for sure. But I still look at, for example, my clients who have their own day-to-day -day struggles, the COVID, the parenting, uh, and running a business its own on its own is sometimes a big challenge to make it sustainable, profitable, and long-term. It comes with a huge uh, set of things to handle. So what is your message to those who on top of it want to build more inclusive policies and, 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 and systems in their businesses um, that still find it challenging to figure yeah, all this is, out? You know, when we use those kind of big words like inclusion, like uh, social mm -hmm. justice, it can really be scary, you know? So people start thinking there's something big they're supposed to do or something they need to change. But there are very little things that you can change or you can shift in your business model to become more inclusive. And it doesn't cost you anything. It could even be uh, what you write on your website so to, so to let people know that they are welcome. It could also be deciding not to spend your money on brands that are not inclusive. That, mm. is, that is, you know, it looks small, but it's, it's big. I always believe that we all have powers. You know, as small business owners, we have a lot of power. As individuals, we have a lot of power, but we need to assess it. Then we need to leverage it for the good of everyone. So, it, so for me, for those who are thinking, how can I include uh, um, social justice, social impact, my business maybe you're already doing it but you're not you just don't understand that you're doing it <laughs> yeah, that. Because, yeah you're already doing that. maybe i love what you're saying Ibera, because here nomad nation if you're listening it's really about demystifying this big word that we hear that is inclusion first of all and realizing that it is in the small gestures that this can transpire transpire it's all about being aware of it as you said yeah. and and proactive about it like choosing the people you work with etc so let's go into that is there any more practical guidance you can give us on how we can do that proactively i bet it. 
You know, uh, one of the things I will share is what I did myself uh, about four or three years ago, just by deciding to be more visible and to be very strategic on how I use my social media platform made a whole lot of difference. You know, it, it helped me to inspire a lot of women or, you know, both men and women. It helped me to be able to um, declare, you know, talk about my beliefs and the things I would like to see, you know, I see changes. And one, what, what I noticed is so many people were drawn to me because of those things I was writing. Yeah. So for small business owners, you have to actually ask yourself, how are you? being inclusive in your own company look around you i mean you have clients how many of them are people who don't look like you you know how many of them are maybe you go to an event is everybody <laughs> look like you everybody looks like you or you you shop you anywhere each time you're spending your money, you make sure you're spending it to, with your friends or people who look like you as well. Mm-hmm. So the question is, how can you be more intentional in including other people? What are those biases you're holding that will always make you feel more comfortable with white people? for example, or with black people, for example, in my own case, how can we be more open? That's number one. Number two, as a business person, some of our marketing practices are so are not inclusive at all. So you have to start checking yourself first before we even start blaming big organizations and pointing fingers. I always say that everybody loves to point fingers, but if we can actually start pointing those fingers at at ourselves, we'll start discovering that there are things we also need to change. It could be changes on our sales pages. So when we try to market with our privilege or market our beauty so that people who don't look like us are like, oh, I don't, I can't even access this person. You see, we do it on purpose, manufacture authorities so that people can buy from, buy our products. So even starting from that point, and I learned this from uh, 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 one of my teachers, uh, her name is Kelly Dears, and she was always saying that sometimes people uh, just try to manufacture authority, and when they do that, they are keeping marginalized people away from Mm. them. So how can you, instead of using those performative marketing or lifestyle marketing, start leading with your vision, with your values, with your beliefs. So you're more inclusive. Those who believe in those things will come to you. It doesn't matter whether they are black or white or, or, or their sexual orientation. That's what I believe in, that if we can start taking little steps in our own businesses and start checking what are the oppressive norms that we are even uh, using, 
in our mm. marketing that we don't know about. Let's start from there. Yeah. That's the best place to start. I think that's a very good point. And we discussed it in the previous episode. For example, Naomi, we're checking our own biases first before we start even trying to look at how we can change the world is realizing yeah. that we all have biases, no matter which race we come from, no matter which yes. uh social economic background we come from we all have biases and the work that we have to do nowadays even more than ever before is to check those and and to realize them and to see them through what we're doing in our day-to-day business so that's a great point but also like the fact that you mentioned a lot of examples of what can be done in simple ways first of all announcing our statements making our beliefs very very clear and i love the what you said and and also because we i've been following you been in touch for so many years i do agree that the fact that you simply share your journey about inclusion about what you think is important how you're trying to implement it makes already a big difference so that people have awareness about those values and if they don't share them with you then they'll go yeah (laughs) that's it and and that's it and honestly i've experienced that myself since i started talking about racism in the podcast and through my social media i remember i better have been having this conversation together yeah Uh, the big thing that i realized we also need is to get comfortable to be with getting uncomfortable do you see what i mean yeah Uh, it's very important to accept that there will be people who don't always agree with the way we deal yeah, but you know, when I start, when we started this conversation, I said you need to articulate your vision and your values, and you need to declare them boldly, mm-hmm. so that the right people who you've been called to serve, your tribe will locate you. They will come to you, and the people who don't believe in your values, you don't need them. Yep. They don't have to come to you. So the same thing when I started speaking up against racism I know some friends were really surprised they were afraid for me like you know so many people are going to stay away from you I said you know what I'm saying this with love but if somebody is not happy with that I'm also not I'm also okay with the person staying away from me you know you have to (laughs) count your costs you have to take some risks and this is what we talk about and rise and lead to rise and lead women that you need to take some risk be the change Mm -hmm. be the voice and when you start being that voice or leading that change a lot of people who didn't have a voice or who've been afraid they didn't know how to start the conversation will start jumping into that conversation and that's how that little change you're making could lead into a movement. And of course, when there is a movement, there will be massive changes, you know, there will be massive impacts. So you just have to start from somewhere. It's yes. important. Start from somewhere. I love that. This is so good, Iberi. Um, is there any... So we talked about small, simple things we can do with our marketing, the way we show up, the choices we make with who we work with, the choices with the companies we decide to give our money to. All of these are important things, small things that are very easy to implement, although sometimes not that easy, I have to admit, because (laughs) it does sometimes become complicated when you need something and you can't find 
a company that's the right company for you. But that's another discussion um, <laughs> for sure. But I do think that just being aware about it and doing it proactively is a big way forward. Now, let's see on a deeper level what can be done, for example, at the business model level, for example. What are the things that you've done or that you recommend to do to actually have money coming in that is inclusive? So, uh, you know, we can't start chasing only um, social justice and abandon our businesses. That's, that is so wrong. So at the business model level, I always recommend that you look at your big vision. And so, for example, and this applies to people who are multi-passionate, you know, they have a lot of ideas and they, they are passionate about too many things. People like me, uh, uh, <laughs> I was thinking of, you know, one time, what is my vision? Why am I here on earth? What am I supposed to be doing? And I could hear that voice about, you know, just inspiring people, showing them that so many things are possible. They can achieve whatever they set their minds on. And for you to do that, you have to do it yourself so that people watch you and then they know it's possible. So you're not just talking, you're acting on it, on your beliefs. When I started uh, um, Rise and Lead Women and also uh, Beauty in Every Life Foundation, it was on this premise that everybody is precious. Everybody is important. Everybody wants the same thing. Everybody wants to be respected. Everybody wants dignity. You know, everybody wants to belong to a community. And with that, when I saw that so many young girls were uh, being kidnapped, and it means that they're taking away... The, the freedom, the dignity that they deserved. And it really touched my heart to start that campaign on keep dignity alive. Let's see how we can fight human trafficking. The same way when we started talking about women leadership, I felt like, you know, everybody has, has some gifts that they can use to change the world. Why would you keep some people away and not allow them to exercise those gifts. So based on that, I started speaking about, you know, advocating for more women in leadership positions because not it's good for every business. It is good for society, but most importantly, it's good for us women. Mm. If you've been called, if you know you have that gift to lead, to make things better, to drive changes, if you don't use it, you will feel so unfulfilled in your life. Mm. So this is why we have to, before we start any business, we need to ask ourselves, what is the bigger purpose? Why am I doing this? When you have a purpose for the business you're doing, it fuels your passion. It keeps you moving on, even when things don't go smoothly, because sometimes things won't go very well. Like, look at what's happening today. But when you are not passionate about what you're doing or when you are just using this copy and paste kind of business model, when there is a hitch, you will give up because you won't know what to do. 
So talking about business model, I always recommend that people start with their vision in different areas of their businesses. So like, you know, like, where do I want to be? What, how much money do I want to bring in? And, you know, who do I want to help through this business? So if you can identify all of those things and find out how you want your business to serve your life, not the other way around, then you need to start having this strategy on how are you going to accomplish all these things. And when we talk about business model, it's just like a one page, something where you can be looking at all the time, like, okay, what are the strategies? And what are my priorities? What do I need to do first, second, and third? And who do I need to support me? Who do I need to help me? So if you take each of the model one after the other without allowing anything to sleep, you will be number one, making an impact. You will, number two, doing very good and sustainable business, and you will be making money and profit. And how do you translate that? Depends on your marketing plan. So many people do beauty, you know, have this business model, very beautiful, but it's all on paper. They don't do any form of marketing. They don't, they don't speak about what they do, you know. So you can come every day and talk about um, uh, racial justice, and then you're not talking about your business. So many people don't know what you do. Then you're missing it. You're missing out. Mm. I believe we can do all of those things. And it requires planning. It requires uh, being strategic and also being intentional in everything that we do. Yeah, so much to uncover in what you said here. Um, I hope that Nomad Nation, you're listening and taking notes because there's a lot of things here that I would like to highlight. But I'm just going to start with where I think it's really important, which you said you need to know what is your personal purpose in life and there's one side note I want to make about that especially in challenging times it is actually most of the time in challenging times that we can find a strong purpose and we just have to look around us to see it and I think that's really important that we realize that it's not always the other way around I think if you have a strong purpose you can go through challenges but it is in challenge that you find meaning most yeah. of the time. So I, I do believe in that very strongly. The second thing you said, once you know that it's about planning, look at your revenue streams, look at how is money coming? How are you redistributing that money? And then what is your marketing plan looking like and how is inclusion involved into your marketing plan and how are you showing up uh, with what you're saying you're doing? At the end. So I'm just trying to summarize here a little bit what yeah, you said. Beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> but um, in small key takeaways here, there's one thing that I know a lot of people struggle with. Uh, we talk a lot about purpose, but what would you recommend to those who struggle to actually know what is their purpose and how to align it to that business? I always, I don't know, I think I read it somewhere. I don't know the book. I can't remember the name of the book. Uh, but I always say that we already, we are already living our purpose, to be honest. And so, for example, 
if I'm doing anything that doesn't give me energy, I don't find pleasure in doing it. Each time I think about it, I'm so weak. So I already know that this is not, this isn't what I should be doing, right? But if I'm doing something, I'm so passionate about it and I'm just keep, I just keep moving on and on and on. Somehow I know there's something there. And you can also find your purpose by looking back to everything you've been doing. What is the, what is the, um, the one thing that connects everything mm-hmm. that you do? Like, what is it? If I will give you an example. So I had a restaurant in, in Nigeria, okay? And this restaurant grew from very little restaurants, a very small room to a very big location within three years. And within those three years, we were already in seven companies, serving all their food, uh, their employees, you know, managing their canteens and we were doing catering. And we started very small. And we kept increasing and the more jobs we got, the happier we were, both myself and all my employees to, you know, at one point we had over 56 employees and we we kept moving. I was recently asking myself, what was my work inside that company? Even though I started that business, there was something I kept doing that no one else could do. And it was entertainment, you know, (laughs) bringing people together. In my restaurant, we had like um, maybe six parties in every year. I still said, I told you, I need to (laughs) dance with you someday, right? (laughs) You know, parties every, you know, my managers, I'm sure they will just be thinking, what kind of our MD is this? So while they are worrying with their customers, I'm thinking about how can we throw a party and invite all the customers, you know, let them have fun. And we did this like six times in a year and it gave me a lot of energy. So I realized that my calling there is about bringing people together. Mm. It's about, you know, creating a platform or an atmosphere where people can connect, network, and it makes me happy. So if you think about everything I do, even when I came to the Netherlands and I was running a tarot, um, you know, I was offering cooking workshops, those bringing people together, you know, we cook together, then we all dance. There is always this fun element, this party element in everything that I do. During this time of crisis, you know, when things were not, everybody was at home, we didn't know what to do. You know, some, a friend of mine said, why don't you organize our virtual events? I'm like, oh, I love to do that. And, you know, I started it slowly and then I started doing it and it was, became so, I mean, it was fun. It became also a source of revenue. So I believe that if you can find that one thing that you love to do in all your businesses, in all everything, even when you were a student, when I was a student, when I was in college, I used to organize all the parties in my department. Like I used to do everything alone, like do the cooking, do uh, call, invite everybody, everything. So being able to organize and 
bring people together is something I'm very good at. And so every business that I'm doing needs to have an element of that. Mm. Because when I'm doing it, I'm happy. And when I'm happy, I'm fulfilled. And when I'm fulfilled, I'm achieving my, accomplishing my purpose. So let's leave the big word and start thinking in terms of what exactly do we do that gives us a lot of joy. Mm. And at the same time that we are making an impact in other people's lives yes all right i i could you just dropped the mic here <laughs> this was, was amazing <laughs> and uh no nation i hope that you can hear this and find a lot of inspiration for you and that if you're in that situation looking for that purpose and i do think that there's a huge bridge but no, it's a very small bridge actually between purpose impact and inclusivity and the anti-racism work for me it all goes together for sure so i hope that this has inspired you nomad nation and Ebera, is there anything you, before we, I'd, lo I'd love you to tell us a bit more about the lead and rise, where we can find it, but as well, if you could, if there's anything else that you want to add before we end this episode about this topic, about how to include um, in the business model inclusion and purpose. Okay, okay, thank you. Uh, rise and lead, you know, it's the Rise and Lead Summit is coming up, and the beautiful thing is that people can join online. So we're going to be streaming from The Hague in the Netherlands, but so many people are joining us from all over the world. So if you go to riseandleadsummit.com, you can read all about it. And if you would like to join us, I would love to see you there. And um, in Rise and Lead, you know, this talking about inclusion for us is about including more men to getting more men to join our summit. It's not always easy. So we reach out to men and they say, oh, it's for women. I don't mm. have to be there. But every year I go out to really search and find men who can join our panel, men who can join uh, some of the sessions. It's not always easy, but it's doable. So it's the same way when you go to an event and everybody there, you know, I'm just giving an example now for, you know, whether black or white, right? So if you go to an event and all the speakers are white, you know, the white, slim, white, beautiful, pretty and everything. And there's not a single black person. I think something is wrong. Sometimes we could give an excuse that, but we don't find the black people. You have to really go find them. I tell you, I go out to find men to join <laughs> our summit. You know, if when you are serious about including people, you will make it happen because it becomes a strategic priority in your business. I also want to share with uh, Nomad Nation that, you know, when we talk about leadership, because rise and lead, He's always talking about getting more women to rise to leadership. When we talk about leadership, it's not just about the position or, you know, that title. We're talking about how you can make a difference in other people's lives. We're talking about how you can use your position to advocate for people, you know, for marginalized communities, how you can use your platform to, to, maybe amplify the voices of these marginalized people, 
no matter how small you can start from somewhere and please i do not advocate that everybody has to be talking about racism or social mm -hmm. justice let's not forget that in this race there's a lot of issues in our world mm -hmm. some people are attracted to you know making sure our environment is safe so they are doing all they can you know um supporting causes that that, that is helping to save the environment some people there's this animal some trees you know everybody has something that they are really called to do mm. so i always tell my friends stop the fact that i'm called to help to you know to advocate for women in leadership or or kidnap uh young girls or, you know, it doesn't, or now talking about racism, it doesn't mean everybody has to do the same. There are things I will not be able to do. I, I may not be able to talk about the environment at all. Not that I'm not interested, but that's not my path. That's not my calling. Mm -hmm. And we're talking about purpose here. So when we are doing ours, we shouldn't be judging people who are not doing what we are doing. Because there's some things they are doing that we are not able to do. So we should encourage everybody to find their own path. Find what change making means to them. But they should do it with joy. They should not do it to make me happy or to make you happy. They should do it with impact in mm. their mind. That they want to really drive changes and make an impact in our world. I love this so much, Abere, and I love that you brought this up because this is why I really wanted to call this purpose and social impact about all about this episode. It doesn't have to be all about racism, like you said, no. and it can be, and there's so many issues to tackle in our world. And you also mentioned environment, but there is so many others, like you said, yeah. tra human trafficking and so, so many. many areas where we can make an impact. It doesn't yeah. have to be just about racism. So I love that you say that. And I have made my cause the racism, obviously. So yeah, because welcome I, to the club. <laughs> welcome. I, and honestly, I did not choose it. It just came to me, you know. Yeah. And I think maybe that's one thing I can share with you in Nation. If you're wondering, still wondering, I just want you to listen to your guts and to listen to your heart and just go where your heart feels compelled to do it. Um, yep. And I think that's a little bit the message on top of what Ebere said here that I want to share with you. Thank you so much, Ebere, for all the amazing insights that you shared with us here. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me, Amel. It's, uh, it's always a pleasure to have this conversation and chat with you. Oh, the pleasure is shared. And before we leave, so this episode will probably come out after your your summit, but okay. I'm sure that you're going to do more than one and you have more and more virtual events. So where's the best place to find you and to find Rise and Leads? So riseandleadwomen.com. Yeah, riseandleadwomen.com. You can find us. You can, you know, download our, uh, um, that's on my website, you know, uh, Recently, I released a guide, you know, the actions and mindset of successful female leaders based on so many interviews I've had with established leaders. So it's on ebereacadiri.com. You can download it. And also, if you want to follow any of our leadership programs, just keep an eye on Rise and Lead Women's Summit, uh, website. We're, we're going to be releasing a lot of leadership programs for women. That's where to find me. And of course, if you want to taste some, you know, delicious 
West African spices, go to atarufoods.com. Excellent. So, Naman Nation, <laughs> I will put all these great resources from Iberi in the show notes of this episode on tandemnomads.com slash 190. And I'll put all that information. Wow. Congratulations. 190. Wow. Consistency pays. It's good to be consistent. Well so done. True. I appreciate your work. Oh, thank you so much. It means the world to me, Iberi. Thank you so much again for everything, Nomad Nation. I hope you find a lot of inspiration to start making a difference and turning your challenges into great opportunities. See you in the next episode.